You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant, and today we're talking about hypocrisy. What it means and how it's messing up our lives. Yeah, we're so tired of all these judgmental people talking shit about the world on their podcasts. Yeah, they think like, oh, I could have this cool gimmick, like you're white and I'm black and we're going to talk about the real issues. Like, how about you deal with your own shit first? Okay, so I was talking to someone the other day and they said that it seems unfair because I always start the episodes with my dream or with my anecdotes and I never give you a chance to speak. Oh, it's unfair that you you never give me a chance to share my dream? Yeah. So, do you have do, do you have a dream? I actually do. I have a couple. Okay. Um, I feel like one there's one that really stands out in my mind that I think we, you know, can really dig into from a metaphorical standpoint um so maybe i just start with that one sure i I doubt it's metaphorical but go ahead so i don't even know how to start this one night i in my dream i made fun of the airport and (laughs) jeb bush you know like brother of george w bush like the (laughs) former presidential candidate the better bush i like me up he picked me up and he threw me um like, like he, he body slammed me for making fun of the airport. And I was like, what the hell? You can't do that. And then he picked me up and he threw me again. He like body slammed me against the ground. And then I woke up. I mean, I'm telling you, he's a better Bush. So I, I support him. But what does it mean? In this dream. I but support what Dream Bush. what did you say Bush. about the airport? I don't even remember. I, did, I don't know what airport it was. I don't know how this came about, but I just, like, was making fun of the airport, and he threw me across the room. You're, like, whatever criticism you gave it, he was just, like, not having it. Yeah. That's he weird. double down with the throwing, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not only did he throw me once, he picked me up and tossed me again. There's so many levels why that doesn't make sense, because, like, one, Jeb, like, please clap that Jeb. Like, he can't throw anybody. <laughs> and two, like... Why was he in the airport? Why were you in the airport? Why is he defending the airport? Yeah. See, maybe this is a maybe the airport is a metaphor for America, and so I was feeling guilty about all the shit talk we do on America, and so then in the dream that just manifested as the airport. I don't know what it was. LAX. What yeah, are maybe airports? It probably, PDX. No, it'd be like a Florida airport, right? Because it's neat. Oh yeah, I've never been to Florida except one time. Disney I've World. been to a Florida airport twice because I went to Disneyland or Disney World as a little kid. Same. But Jeb was not there to throw me. But there, <laughs> but there was a lot of other random I feel wild like shit. You were a child at Disneyland and Jeb Bush threw through you <laughs> major issues. <laughs> yeah, what did that give you like PTSD? We'll we'll say. find out about it with the the way cancel culture is popping up. We're gonna find out what kids Jeb threw back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if he actually did throw a kid and that was his story? Oh my gosh, um, so. Jumping off of that wild dream, we're like Jeb throwing people. We're just going to throw the topic out there for today, which is going to be hypocrisy. But to have a full, well-rounded conversation, I brought, uh, we brought on a special guest, a very dear friend of mine. You probably heard her laugh or chime in to Grant's random ass dream. Uh, And her name is Linda Jen. Hi, Linda. Hi. 
Uh, so tell before we jump because I think Grant has more dreams because he he like rapid dreams because I think he's a sleepwalker <laughs> and narcoleptic and shit. So yeah. his shit's like a Christopher Nolan movie. He'd be popping in and out and shit. Ooh, oh, good plan. I'm fun. Uh, I'm yeah, right. I'm so good at this, man. <laughs> you think I went to film school? Uh, so tell us about yourself, uh, Linda, a little bit, just to give people like a. Sure. Um, I'm Linda. I've been in LA probably 12 years now. I currently work um, at a production company. We do film, TV, documentaries. Um, and yeah, I've known Mike for probably like six years now, but he's very one of my closest friends. And it's been it's been that long. Yeah, I know. Time. I literally like look back and I'm like, damn, I feel old. It can't be five <laughs> years. Shit, I'm only 21 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we met in high school, like way back then. We met at preschool. I'm only like seven. World. You met at Disney World. Man, yeah, I'm after Jeb Bush threw you, <laughs> I then we became friends. I'm the kid. Yeah. Uh, damn. Yeah. No, it's been it's been a minute. Um, cause I mean, I was, I was at the beginning of like living in LA. It's when, cause Grant, when Grant and I first moved to LA, that's when I met you when I lived on the West side. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's in right. In the Santa Monica area. And the, the, like, just to give you guys a good, like an idea, just a small piece. Cause like, obviously she's, she's in entertainment. So like we have that connection, but the, how we met is through a mutual friend that I went to. Uh, college with he was on one of the episodes way back when carlo he uh they worked together at an agent yeah caa at a a talent agency and then um he was like we were hanging out with one one other friend um and then her friend that she had introduced us to but we weren't fucking with her i don't know some girl named vicky she probably ain't gonna hear this or whatever this girl named vicky who wasn't fucking with vicky because vicky was just talking to that much she was like a karen in training so we weren't in, we weren't into that and we were like let's ditch her and we were at the bungalow that was the last time i went to the bungalow because that shit is whack now was that also the last time you saw vicky Yes. Like for all I know, Vicky is still at the bungalow looking for us. Like, where the fuck did they go? <laughs> but that's on you, Vicky. Um, but anyway, she she was just getting on our nerves and talking about, like, oh, these guys are trying to hit on me. These guys like me, all that stuff like that. She was that type of girl. Um, but no one was talking to her. So I'm like, you making this all up. I'm just dragging her more than I need to. But anyway... <laughs> What happened was we just ditched her, but it wasn't even our original plan. Carl and I wanted to stay with her, but the other friend of ours who was who was actually Vicky's friend was like, "Y'all, let's leave her." So we Damn. so we get in the Uber and we and we were like, "Well, let's go, let's go somewhere else." And lo and behold, Carlo has a plan already. His friend Linda is at the Viper Room watching a cover band for Guns N' Roses, an all-female cover band. Paradise Kitty. Paradise Kitty, yes. That is awesome. So, yeah, and so I'm like, okay, I can fuck with that. And then literally, that's like the last time that I remember me before Linda. <laughs> like, like that, that was it. That, yeah, was like, that sounds like it, a movie title. Yeah, me before Linda. <laughs> like, we met at the Viper Room. Uh, that shit was a turn up. Then we, I feel like we went again for like Mickey Avalon. And yeah, shit. We, we've gone there a couple times. But I do remember when you guys came, I had gone to the show by myself. So when you guys rolled up, you were like, hey, who are you here with? I was like, I came by myself. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Joss fell on the ground. <laughs> yeah, because I was what? like, wait. That's went- possible? Why are yeah. you at the sh- a Viper room by yourself? I was just, like, I wanted to come here. She's just turning up by herself. I was like, okay, that's tight. I was like, I, that's how you know she can kick it. Uh, and yes, I mean, since then, we've been to like mini Coachella because uh, that's how you say it plurally. Mini Coachella. Mini of a Coachella. We went to the many of those. Uh, we went to, you know, 
several festivals and stuff like that. We go out all the time, things like that. So our interests like align with entertainment and music and just just natural movies, energy, TV, movies, TV, everything. Yeah. yeah so I thought uh, I was like, why? I've always wanted her on the show, but now we found a, a good topic and a good time. So. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, hypocrisy, but I guess we can let Grant kind of go back into what, don't you have some more dreams? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Part two, you know, this is, now we in space and shit, <laughs> Anne Hathaway ass got left. Uh, is it Anne Hathaway? Vicky. Vicky Hathaway. Vicky <laughs> Hathaway, we left our ass on the planet Bungalow, <laughs> and now Christopher Nolan's going to have us like go through time and space, yeah. Grant's dreams. Yes, that's right. Okay. That's correct. Let's hear. Um, so this is... I, I guess my subconscious dealing with uh, and wrestling with hypocrisy. So yeah, another night, uh, I had two dreams in particular that I feel like contrasted each other really, really well. So the first one starts off pretty intense, but I'm just going to let you, well, let's just ride with it. Okay, so the first one, I was joining a protest on the beach. Oh, so, shit. This is, you know, I don't know what we were protesting, but we were protesting something. On the beach? On the beach. A white person a... having a dream about protesting on the beach? I already know where you was at. There was, oh, no, there was not a mask in sight. Okay, well, well, continue. you should say that. Continue. Let me continue. So at this beach protest, we're not going to say what beach this was at, but uh, there was a white teenager that came running up to me with an extreme looking automatic, like what they call assault rifles. Right? Oh, like, oh my god! Yeah, I had just watched Star Wars, so of I thought it was a little sci-fi inspired. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, um, in the dream, I mean, a, a kid comes up and with a gun. I wrestled it away from him. In real life, I don't know if I would do this, but in my dreams, I'm always like a freaking I don't know action. Hero. I feel like I'm, you would try to awkwardly wrestle away a gun from someone, and I'd be like. I would start arguing with you, like, Grant, stop trying to wrestle the gun away from him. And everyone's like, you guys need to focus on the gun, not, like, getting mad at Grant trying to wrestle it from him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you would try. I, I, could, I could see that. Yeah. But anyway, that. so in the dream, I wrestled the gun away from him, and then I shot him three oh. times. Oh, my God. In wow. the back. Like, in the back? Yeah, like, like, there were so many people there that it had to have been, like, caught on camera, right? So, like, I was kind of freaking out about it after the fact. <laughs> I want to laugh, but... <laughs> yeah, it's really intense. It's not funny. But, but hey, I'm laughing. You shot him as he was running away? Yeah, so basically what happened was I get the gun from him, and he starts running from me, and then I shoot him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And I... Obviously, I'm morally conflicted about this. What Star Wars were you watching? Uh, so watching Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Mandalorian gets, okay, yeah. gets intense like that. I'm about to say, yeah. I like this ain't happening in the New Hope. Okay, so, but like, I, I automatically regret it, right? And I, I'm thinking do. a bunch of people just saw me do this. I need to get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. So I try to flee into the crowd like everyone else, but then I had to go back to the beach to get my shoes. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so, so awkward. Because I'm a shoe and I bring my shoes to the beach. So oh, I bring I, my shoes to the beach, and somebody has something to say about that. Let's fight. I live in California my whole life. I can do what the hell I want. Call bring, me a shoe you, you bring like Doc Martens, though, right? Like you go hard. Oh, I bring combat boots to yeah, the beach. Yeah, combat boots to the beach. This yeah. homeboy rocks yeah. combat yeah. boots yes, to the beach. Same yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm wearing my Clarks. It's it was probably Clarks. Um, but when I get to them at the beach, right? There's a hard cut. And then I'm at the police station. I love the hard cut. Ooh. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm at the police station and they're questioning me and I'm thinking, should I lie? 
But you then don't have I, to lie, you're white. You can just tell them exactly what happened. They'd be like, oh, he probably had a reason. So then I was like, no, that's worse. So I straight up went up to one of the cops, an Oscar Isaac looking guy. <laughs> because, you know, he looks like Oscar Isaac. And I told him, oh, yeah, the guy had a gun. So I took it and shot him. But then I became so worried and guilty because it's not like I needed to take the gun and shoot him. I just needed to take the gun and protect everyone. But when I shot him, he was the one running. I already established this. I have it written down that this is where I realized this. And in my effort to protect everyone and save the day, I become the thing that I was trying to protect everyone from. I'm the little white kid shooter. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, wow. you we we attack we a team now because I turned into a Karen in one of my dreams. Yeah. And now you are the shooter. I know. And so, I I just thought or that the was so aggressor. Intense. I don't like saying the shooter. That's so violent. I remember. Yeah. Uh, but I remember, like, <laughs> as soon as I told the Oscar Isaac like, cop, like, he was basically like, all right, wait, I need to write this down. This is really intense. You're basically committing, you're, you're admitting the crime. Did he look exactly like Oscar Isaac? Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Like, almost face for face. Oscar that would have wow. been like, ooh, Oscar Isaac. I'll just tell he, you everything. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, he, Oscar Isaac always looks like, he looks like someone's going to get on my nerves I'm getting a fight with, but also I'm like, let's get married. I can so, see it. Yeah. I can see he, it. He looks toxic, but he's, I know he's not, I'm sure, but we don't know yet. We'll see. So that's where basically where my dream ends is he's taking my story down and he's like, wait a minute, one minute, I need to go get the cops. And then all of a sudden I wake up because it's like, no one wants to have a dream where now you're getting arrested. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah so it's the right time to wake up. I'm like, okay. Can you time. make yourself wake up out of your dreams? Uh, when things get really scary and really real, I will often be like, like coming out of inception or something. Like oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can always control myself. Yeah, and I and and I tell you that they think I'm like, oh no, that's kind of creepy. But I'll be like, you can't control your just like I can control what I'm doing in my dreams, or I will know it's a dream. Sometimes yeah. you can definitely steer it. Like yeah, there's times where I've been in a dream and there was some kind of danger, and I made myself fly away from the danger, or you know, steer steer the story somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So do sometimes you, you can't though. Like. Yeah. Do you think you are? You think you're the bad guy? Well, let me tell you my second dream. Okay. Because I think that there's interesting parallels between the two. They so, connect. So in my second dream, I was at a giant art fair in a parking lot. And everyone was handing out drawings and spray painting and all this stuff. I think it had something to do with school or I was moving because I had all this stuff I was responsible for. It was very stressful. Um, I was too stressed trying to collect it all. So I just started giving it all away. Like I was handing out drawings and money and I was being like really generous. And to people from my past who I never really had a connection with, like there was this guy whose name is Patrick Bashforth. I'll say his whole name. I don't know. I don't, I don't talk to him anymore. But, yeah. Don't but, look him up, y'all, on Instagram and uh, yeah. come for him. This is a guy I like really never had a connection with, but just like I, for some reason, I blocked him on Facebook. I don't know why. Like I, re- I realized this recently, like, oh, I have a list of people blocked who I don't know why I blocked them. But, like, when I first made my Instagram account, I was like, I don't want to see these people until I block them. Um, but he was in the dream doing pull-ups to raise money for the football team. <laughs> like, he was, like, doing a pull-up competition to raise money for the football team. And so I gave him two fives and a tip. And he was, like, blown away. He was like, then we went, then all of a sudden, you know, there's another hard cut and we were at some party and then Billy Porter was there. Okay. Yes. Well, to see, yeah. this is definitely, this is a good dream now. Yes. <laughs> and he was being really nice to us. And he offered to do a photo shoot to make our teachers laugh. Ah. Oh, yeah. 
I imagine a photo shoot was like a scene out of Pose. Yeah, it's like yeah. he has a wardrobe for you guys. Yeah. The category is education. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so that was really cool because like the celebrities here and like all of our teachers are enjoying it. And so it just is contrasted very well. Um, and then all of a sudden I was at school, like in a boarding school. And I was helping kids through their feelings and talking to them, even though I just wanted to be in my room. Like this kid came up to me and he asked if I wanted to go get food and I had already ate, but I said, sure, just because I knew that he needed to talk about some problems. I don't know how I knew this. I just had a feeling. Um, and that it was a problem that he had with him and his like bunk mate. And so I, I guess I went and I just got lunch with him, even though I already ate food and just let him talk to me. This is like... Nancy Myers directs your dreams. They, uh, like, not all of them, they, apparently. <laughs> Jeb Bush body slamming me. Well, that that, could, that she, could have happened in a Nancy Myers. Yeah, dream, she like. was going through a phase. So that was that was you know she was really. That's like her. It's complicated phase. Yeah. Yes. It was getting a little edgy. Yeah. But my dreams being like David Lynch type shit, and so That's I was true. like, I don't even like this. The music be scary. It'd be all weird, discolored and shit. But yours sounds cute. Like yeah. we had like a feel good moment at the end. A little PBS after school moment well that's the thing is like i just I think. think about the differences between those two dreams you know and one i'm riled by shame and guilt because i killed a dude <laughs> even though he was a bad kid i disarmed him and then i shot him when he was running away but in the other dream i'm helping the community giving away my money and like drawing talent i you know i wish i could draw in real life i, I can't but in the dream i have this drawing talent you know and i'm giving it away to people and i'm talking to people through issues and i was so much more happy with myself in that scenario that I just feel like, like, at the, you can't help but take that and be like, why would you want to do shitty stuff and hurt people and then have to lie and be guilty about it when you can do the complete opposite and be generous and just help people and feel so much better about yourself afterwards? I, I think about that all the time. Like, it seems so much easier just to do the right thing. And then not have to, like, and just be done with it. Like, I did the right thing, and that's where it ends. I don't have to keep anything, any charade going. Because what happened, happened. Because it was, it's, it's the honest truth. And it doesn't always have to be, like, being polite or being, like, pushed over or anything like that. It's just being completely honest. Like, like telling someone, this is, uh, I can no longer be your friend anymore because you are toxic or something like that. Mm. That's being honest and truthful, and now you don't have to lie anymore. But then imagine if you were like, that person was toxic, and then they they posed a question upon you, like, what's going on with their friendship? Like, oh, nothing at all. Like, we're fine. We're perfect. We're great. And now you got to keep that going for another 15 years, and you're and knowing that it's a bad relationship or something like that. That's just a small example, but I'm saying it doesn't make any sense why I would want to keep a lie going. But I also think about, like, how hard is it to know it's the right thing in the moment? Like, for instance, like, in the first dream, I take the gun from the kid, and I'm so heated, and then I think, like, the right thing to do is to shoot him? Like, what the hell? Like, that's horrible. Well, well that but... seems like an honest mistake. Like, you were probably caught up in the moment, and then you shot him, you know, even wrongfully because he was running away, but you were caught up in the moment, and you were... And he was coming at you in the first place. So I think there is a difference between, like, you make a bad decision and it's a mistake versus, like, living your life in a way that has that you're where you're doing shitty things and it's bothering you and like you were saying Mike like you know people who you know are not straight up or honest with you have so much more stuff to hide like you have to hide your lies you have to keep track of all the things that you were not truthful about or you know you were shitty about Absolutely. and then you know project the image that you want and then that's just so much stress like why not just do what you want be honest with it and tell people like this is how I am and yes and that's it you know yeah. like you don't have to worry about all that other stuff totally I figured it out 
it definitely later on in life that being honest with my mistakes or like being like, oh, well, I fucked up. Like, let's move on. It's made everything so much easier. Like just even in the workspace, like trying trying to lie and be like, oh, no, the reason why that was like that is because like, oh, this happened, A, B, and C. Oh, no, the reason why I was late was because this, this, and that. Oh, the reason why, like, it takes so much energy and time to like come up with all of these elaborate stories and just to be like, yep, I was late. Lost track of time. I'm here now. Let's move on. Let's go. Let's do what we got to do. Or, oh, yep, I did that wrong and correct. I didn't send that email on time. Here it is now. Can we, let's move forward because we're running out of time because of me. I'm sorry. I apologize. Let's move forward. Like, yeah. you got to, it's it's made it's made a lot of things so much easier just to own mistakes and own fuck-ups versus, like, trying to hide behind them. So, like, because I, I, I feel like there's a lot of times that we try to hide behind mistakes and try to create these lies when it actually was blatant as ho- the whole time, like, you grabbing a gun and shooting the kid. It's like, everyone knows you're lying. But everyone's just like uncomfortable and awkward. So they'd be like, yeah, I guess you accidentally shot him. Yeah. And they're like, but we all saw it. We're just keeping a lie with you because we're also uncomfortable with telling the truth. Yeah. So everyone's uncomfortable with telling the truth. So they keep allowing other people to lie. Yeah. If that makes sense. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, totally. So. So I guess I don't have a straightforward way of how this leads into hypocrisy. I, <laughs> I know. Well, we were justifying your dream. Yeah. But I, I, I will say I... Coming from being like your black friend, just just simplifying it, uh, I will say I can I can understand that I'm sure there are problem moments where you feel like your activism is hypocritical because of your because of who you are. Oh. I don't know. May, maybe I'm assuming this, but no, a hundred percent. Or like, I, if I'm not out there protesting every day like everybody else, then who am I? I'm full of shit. Shoot, I feel like that. I haven't, I, to be honest with you, I probably posted one thing that has that in relation to Black Lives Matter, to, to tell y'all the truth. And I don't know if anybody notices that because everyone gives me a pass because I'm the black guy. But I don't, I'm not that great of when it comes to like being a social media activist and all that stuff. And I do feel like a hypocrite because I'm then like, how can I want equality for myself <laughs> if I don't even speak up about it? Like, I, I but, have but a podcast you, and I talk about Yeah, it. to counter you, we talk about it every week here. It's just some people, if they don't listen to the show, then they're going to be like, what's Mike really doing? Yeah, I just thought I'm not doing it the way that everyone else is doing it. So I do, yeah. and sometimes that gets to me. Not that I, I live by that guilt or... or frustration but it definitely is something i think about so but that's more of like a genuine thing because like you'll post things if you actually feel like i'm compelled to post it versus like so many people that i see are posting things because it's a performative thing they want to be they want to be seen as progressive they want to be seen as supportive of these social issues and some of them are but some of them are doing it for performative purposes whereas yours is a very genuine like if I feel like posting about this, this is important to me, then I will. And like you said, everyone kind of supports differently and gets behind causes differently. So for people to judge and be like, oh, they're, that person's not posting, I wonder if they're like really behind this. Like, no, you don't know what people are doing. You don't know what they're doing on the weekend. So I think everyone needs to just like chill and slowly roll and stop judging everyone over like, you're not doing as much as you could. Like everyone just do what you want and to mind your own business and, you know. Yeah. No. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. Yes. No, there, there, something that frustrates me that there's always going to be a social issue that is ongoing and occurring consistently. Because it's not like we don't solve it in a day. Yeah. Whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's uh, women's reproductive rights, whether it's anything to do with any other country <laughs> right now. I'm going to make it very general so we don't get too mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the topic. But anywhere okay. else, it's not the United States. But the... 
those things are ongoing and so long and deeply rooted that if if you had to post a post about uh, a situation every day, you would never get to stop. You'd, you'd be constantly like, oh, today I got to do 12, 32 hashtags or something on all these different countries and different places and different ethnicities and different genders to support them because they're all going through some shit right now. And mm-hmm. like it, w- it would be like an, a nonstop. And I think I think there are some people out there who have that ability to be that person or fight for that cause. They're in social justice. They're a social uh, advocate. They are, they're in activism, like, professionally. Cool. Do your thing. Yeah. But as for me, like, some of these things are just relate to me as a person and who I am. Like, I, Black Lives Matter only because I'm black. I'm the, the, to tell y'all the bare bones fucking truth, if my name was Billy Bob and I was from Montana and I was white as fuck, I probably would not be talking about Black Lives Matter. I'm going to be real 100% honest with y'all. Like, I get it why some white people probably check out of it because that's a lot to deal with. Like, I ain't got to talk about it right now. Ain't no black people in my family. But for me, I am. So yeah, it, it does. It, it is something that's close to me. But I don't want to talk about it all the time. But that's why I think we need different people talking about either the same topic or different topics at different times, too. Like, you need... That's why diversity is important, because you need different people to represent different ideas and different thoughts and different things that are important. If it's just all the same five people in a room and they all look alike and they all care about the same things, well then, guess what? None of those other issues that you're talking about that exist in the world are ever going to get brought up. And that's what the problem has been for so long, is like... People like named Billy Bob and Grant and look like me haven't had to think about it, so we're not talking about it and we're not dealing with it. Yeah, and I, I, I like to cor- to correct myself based on when I'm I don't, know, I don't know what I said before, but <laughs> I can't believe I can't <laughs> to remember. preemptively correct yeah to preemptively correct myself because I feel like I feel like it can be misconstrued. I think that there is a way to in uh, integrate and insert these topics and these situations into our conversations that makes it futuristic and makes it talk with solutions. And mm-hmm. I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. I'm down for talking about creating the future that I want to see that includes all of us, that is inclusive. I I don't wanna I don't wanna spend five years listing all of the grievances. Cause we we live the grievances. I'm living them. I don't need like you know people post like, oh these were the 152 people that were shot by cops. Look at this list. Think about this list. I'm like, oh, I don't need that shit. I know that. But we, we know that. Let's move on. Let's we need to like talk about the the list not existing. That's what I want. That's what I care more about. Mm-hmm. I want to care about, you know, like the, or let's, this is a list of the people who need to be fired from their job. Let's talk about that. Like, so it's like the, I don't want to dwell on the, you know, we had a whole episode on grief and stuff like that. I, or, what is it? Trauma. Black trauma. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to dwell on those things. I want to talk about the, the future and the solutions mm-hmm. and the place that we could be. Yeah. And like to, to jump back into our, overarching topic with hypocrisy this is something that's been so frustrating for me and hard because uh pick just nitpicking different people in my black family or black community as a whole there is a lot of hypocrisy that happens uh that i don't even i never even feel comfortable talking about with people who are not black because i don't want y'all to like piggyback off of you know certain things and be like oh see there's an issue there there's an issue there it's it's kind of in the realm of of the like black on black crime or Mm. the what's happening in chicago type conversations Mm. Mm -hmm. those conversations are not uh constructive but 
there are there is some truth to them, and that's that's the thing that's so hard. There is a lot of internalized shit going on with how conservative the black community can be as a whole, with religion, uh, with mm-hmm. how we do navigate uh, just social circles and our and our idea of snitching and our idea of law enforcement and our idea of the family structure and the statistics of men staying with their uh, families and raising their kids and the statistic of like there's all these things that are that are true and we 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 can get into a million reasons how we got there and it all stems back to white supremacy slavery and stuff like that yeah. but once again, the way how I operate, I don't dwell on that part. I'm like, we need to get to the future and fix that. But the only the only way to fix that is to call out the hypocrisy of like, how are we going to progress to a, a better people and, and, and actually promote Black Lives Matter when we don't completely promote it ourselves within our own community? But I can't say that shit publicly. Like, it's hard to talk about hypocrisy in the in the public sphere, sphere because then you can give power to the oppressor on, on accident. Oh, totally. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think what you said, like, the, they're both... The more important conversation is what What are we going to do next? What are we... What's the next step? Or how do we address these issues? But to your same point, like, pointing out the stuff that happened before, I think a big part of it is also, like, educating other people. Like, yes, as the, and the black community, you know the history, you know all these things that happened, but, you know, many people who are not black or of other races, other ethnicities, don't know. So that's, like, the necessary education part. But the right. bigger focus of that conversation, like you were saying, is all about what do we do next, how do we fix this, how do we address these issues that have been created by all these, you know, problems in the past. Yeah. So, yeah. like, to help us understand what hypocrisy is, we got the merriam webster definition of hypocrisy. Yes. Give us the King James version of that. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the old-ass uh, definition. So, the definition of hypocrisy is a feigning to be what one is not or to believe what one does not. Behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel. There's, like, a fight for equality, but then the people that are being fought for all don't want to fuck with everybody like that. And I'm like, well, that contradicts the fight for equality then. And I'm not... What do you mean? Like, I'm saying, like, uh, just just to keep it within my circle, spotlight focus on me. Yeah. uh, It's, like... Uh, black people need to be in- included in everything. It's not fair how you treat them in, in job practices. It's not fair how you treat them in social society with police and all stuff like that. And then they go, oh, also black trans lives matter. But then there's a good amount of black people that go, oh, no, we ain't talking about that gay shit. We ain't doing all that. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? Like, we can't exclude certain people. You can't be like, oh, we need to treat black people better. But mm, not women so much. Oh, not the gay ones either. Not the lesbians, no, not them. Not the trans either. Kids, not needing to shut up and mind their business. I'm like, who's left? Are we just fighting for the rights of, like, broke-ass niggas? <laughs> like, uh, Like, we can't, like, so, like, I mean, y'all, y'all don't repeat that. But, uh... <laughs> oh, I'm not. <laughs> it's Quiet. in your head, though. It's in your head. But that's, that's how I feel sometimes. I'm like, the, the inclusivity that is being fought for isn't actually practiced by the people who are being who the fight who the fight's supposed to be for, and that that always bothers me. You can't like fight for inclusivity if you are also acting as oppressor and excluding other groups that you don't feel deserve the inclusivity that you're championing for, because that's your like you said, it's literally hypocrisy. Like you're you are championing for this, you will believe in inclusivity, you want this for you yourself, but you will 
be oppressive to other people and exclude other groups because however way you feel about them. Yeah, I feel this right. like so much with like Christianity and the Christian community. I can agree, but I, oh, I, I grew up that way. Yeah, so. like that is such a problem for for that community because like like the whole concept and the whole conceit of you know Jesus dying for the cross and for sins and all that stuff. I'm sure I didn't say that correctly, but, you know, the whole idea behind that religion is that you're supposed to, like, do good and be good for, like, the weak and the poor and, like, the meek will inherit the earth. That's, like, the whole concept behind it. And yet so often it's come, it becomes convoluted with all of this exclusive behavior that gets culturally reinforced, whether it's in America or anywhere else that, that practices it. Well, what you said right there, the piece of the meek will inherit the earth, yeah. Everybody wants to be the meek. But imagine that. Everybody wants to be the meek, including Jeff Bezos, including Mark Zuckerberg, including they also like I'd actually be shocked if either of them were Christian, but yeah. But I'm saying the, that, the I'm idea, saying in the, yeah. in the idea of it. everyone's yeah. like the world is hard on me. Everyone everyone feels that they're going through their own issues, even if they have the most privilege in the world. Oh, yeah. Christians so that, have a persecution complex where they think that they're the most persecuted people out of ever. anyone on earth. And then we, everybody like, are you? <laughs> yeah. We can kind of, we can see what's going on. But it's it, it's so frustrating. I think at the end of the day, like my focus on this, the hypocrites that I'm so upset with the most are Americans. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we, there is so much stuff that we are putting out there in judgment of other countries, other political systems, other religions. And then I'm like, our living room, our house is fucked up. Like, we have no position. We have no, we have, we have no way of saying anything about anybody else when, like, schools are being shot up. We can't even talk about gun control. We can't talk about birth control. We can't talk about... Uh, reproductive rights. We can't talk about gay rights. We can't, like, all these things are just contentious fucking topics for Americans, and we're all over the place, back and forth with it. But then we have the idea that we can go to other countries and be like, oh, do you guys have a skirmish or, like, a situation? Allow us to help you. We'll solve it. And other countries like, we don't want you to solve it. Because when you solve it, what are you going to do? Give everybody guns? Because that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's just yeah. going to work out for everyone else. It's like, it's like, it just, it just, it's, it reminds me of like the nagging like uh, aunt or Karen or someone who like comes over and gives baby tips or something to another lady, but her kids, she ain't seen her kids in 20 years <laughs> and they all crack heads and shit. And she's like, let me tell you how to raise my, raise your baby. And it's like, if you don't get your ass away from me, I don't want a crackhead baby like yours. Like basically America has raised a bunch of crackheads and now we're trying to go to other countries and be like, let's tell her how to raise your babies. It's like my mom. She is only dated one person <laughs> in her life, and she gives me dating advice. She's only dated one person. My dad got married right after she met him, and then is trying to give me dating advice where she has never dated in her entire life. She's like, like she's like, it's easy, Linda. Just I'm one like, person, fall in love, done. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no. I'm like, a- no, we're not doing it like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, my mom is very very religious. My mom and dad are very religious, and. I don't know if it happened later on in life or did I just become older and realize how intense it was. I don't, I, it's hard for me to ever pinpoint when, when it got that way. But yeah, to them, it's just like, just get married, have children. Like I'll, I'll jump in a conversation with them and they're like, who are you dating? Oh, when are you going to have some grand, going to give me some grandbabies? And I'm like, 
you have jumped. You have skipped some pages here. Grandbabies? Like, I, who gonna make a grandbaby what? Because you need to let me know. Because I'm having sex with people that I ain't even, I don't even aware of. That's an issue. <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, are they sending videotapes to my mom and dad? Like, here's your drugged out son. I had sex with him. And I'm going to have his child soon. And I'm like, mom, you asking for grandbabies. I need a person first. Yeah, it's like they think it's all wholesome. Like, we just want kids. But it's like the implications of this. Yeah, so like. <laughs> what about my happiness? What about yeah. what's going yeah. on in my life? The focus can't just be like, let me pop out a grandkid for you. What about what's going going on with me. Meanwhile, my yeah. dad has like seven grandkids. <laughs> so, I don't... From yeah, yeah. Other, like, does he need so, more? So, like, yeah. do you need more? My mom has three. Like, what do you... Like, you, you're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just... It's their their religion and just their upbringing. They're from another generation stuff, so I can't knock them on that too much. But mm. uh, it's, it's very hard because to me, I'm like, I live with them. I grew up with them. I know everything about them when the doors close. So, when we go to church... We one person, and not not to call them out because I'm every single person who goes to church this way. I don't give a damn what you say. I don't yeah. give a damn what you say. But every single person who goes to church this way is you go to church and you sit there in your Sunday best and you're like I'm perfect. And it's like we getting down one now. You're gonna go home and you're gonna slip up. It might not be something major. It's not like a Ten Commandment or nothing. You ain't you ain't kill no nobody. You ain't kill your neighbor or nothing like that. But you definitely have lied. You're not allowed to do that. You definitely have like drank uh, alcohol or something or, you know, or you cursed or you got mad or angry or you divorced your husband. You divorced your wife. You divorced your partner. You like there's a whole bunch of stuff that is like very intense in the Bible that you aren't following. So you're not perfect in, in regards to that religion. But then as a kid growing up, everybody would pick and choose the scriptures that they wanted to make me feel bad. And then mm. like you're not perfect from all of these things. And then I was like. I didn't know how to formulate back then. Like, you're a hypocrite because you're not perfect. I saw you do this and do that. Instead of doing that, I just internalized it and was like, oh, I'm a bad person. I'm a bad kid because I was trying to follow these standards, not realizing that the whole building was ran with hypocrisy, which mm. I don't know. You probably won't be able to just openly say that because you still go to church. No. OK, so that that's <laughs> I don't. Two, so two things about that. One that is part of the whole thing where everybody knows the you know the whole thing is like everybody's broken everybody's fallen whatever uh-huh. that's what everybody we knows you're you're not perfect you're not supposed to be you're not supposed to pretend to be you're not supposed to judge other people for not being because that's their business with their god that's right? your business right exactly yes. like, like tap at the brown <laughs> yeah exactly like that's not like you're just supposed to worry about yourself and doing better every day but do we do that no right. nobody does that yeah, I think in the context of faith and not just Christianity, just like the organized religion in general, there's always that thinking where, yes, the core part of it is everyone is flawed. You, you pursue your faith because you want to you know, better yourself and your relationship with God is personal. So don't judge other people on what they're doing. Try to educate people to see like, oh, like, you know, these are the things that I believe in. But if they don't respond, you should leave them alone and mind your own business. And it's about not judging other people. But I find people who are so most of the times the people that I find are the most judgmental are ones who are very like, you know, adamant Christians or adamant, you know, believers of their faith. And they are passing judgment on people who don't believe for whatever reason. But that's it's, it's like pure hypocrisy because literally your Bible tells you that you should not judge others. That's only reserved for God. But here you are judging her, him, this, that, mm-hmm. him, her, they, whoever. That you're judging everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I... I give a little anecdote, a little story about myself, because I'm not just talking from a place of, of judgment of people. I was this person. Like, back when I was in high school, uh, I remember vividly that 
I was part of fellow Christian uh, Association of Athletes. I was part of the Bible Club. I I you know got did the whole baptism thing and we like I I was very strict about things you shouldn't be doing. Like oh you guys are partying and stuff on like a Tuesday. Oh you guys are like bad. You're gonna go to hell type kid. And I even hate I hated secondhand smoke. I did I written a whole campaign for like three years about how bad smoking cigarettes was and how bad drugs were for kids and how bad partying was. And then I don't know what happened. Well, I do. Uh, but it, it was it had to be one party. It was somebody. It was a, a song hit a certain way. I think it might have been working. Working at a restaurant mm. completely made me wake up and realize who the fuck I actually was. Uh, and then I realized like I was a hypocrite. I was being so judgmental to all these people. You can't have tattoos. You can't have piercings. You can't do all that. Now my ass is walking around. I'm stuck up and shit looking like a bulletin board. And like... <laughs> Uh, and it's just because I was so busy trying to trying to suppress that and judge everybody else that I was actually not even doing what I wanted, what you're supposed to be doing from the Bible or from your religion or God or whoever, whatever you believe in. Mm-hmm. I was being mean to people. I was being a bully. And ain't nowhere in the Bible does it say, hey, make sure you just be mean to people and a bully and judge the shit out of people. And I was doing all of that, <laughs> trying to fight who I was, and it made me a, a meaner person. So I think at the end of the day, it's just like when they teach us that uh, treat others how you want to be treated, everybody hears that sentence, but then they're like, okay, but wait, hold on. Let me add some shit on there. Instead of putting a period, they put a comma. And it's treat others how you want to be treated. But if they are associated with the culture or heritage that was really fucked up to us 100 years ago, then we should be very wary of them. Treat others how you want to be treated. But if... um. I really don't like the way they're treating me. I can get a divorce from them and then I can treat them like shit and never let their kids see them. And then like their kids will grow up and hating them. And then I'll get mad at the kids when the kids are like, mom, why didn't I get to see my dad? And it's like, what? You didn't create all this, this, this these other conditions on there. Treat others how you want to be treated, period, point, plain point, period. Don't put nothing else on it. And I feel like it would be a little easier for us. I know it's not that easy because some people have been wronged very badly. Mm, yeah. uh, and you want to be, you want to have revenge. You want to, you want to challenge them back or treat them how they treated you. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the sentence is. It's not treat others how they treat you. It's treat others how you want to be treated. Right. Yeah. Unless you're a freak and you want to be beaten or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an agreement between two people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I I downloaded a lot, but I don't know if y'all caught any, any Yeah, no, no. I mean it makes it makes a lot of sense. And the hypocrisy thing I think is 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 it's it's huge that as a person like we need to constantly look at ourselves because we need to check our own hypocrisy and then when we do it ourselves as well. Um but to see it to see it in others, it's like, you know, you sometimes you can see the reasoning why people do that. They're like you know, for my selfish reasons, I think that I'm totally justified in feeling angry and vengeful and being like, you know, someone who's going to be shitty to another person because they hurt me. But you're not really reflecting on yourself. It's like, okay, that's not really cool for me to do because even though they hurt me, now I'm going to do it to them. But it's like they'll put that aside and to facilitate the hypocrisy because in their mind, it's like rationalizing like, oh, my behavior is okay because X, Y, and Z happened or, you know, this is okay for me to do because of this specific circumstance when really it's not that like you really need to own up to the fact that that's shitty of you to do just don't do that yeah no yeah. I, nobody wants to own up 
it's hard for people no one else to the covers pulled off of them so yeah. like, it's, it's hard <laughs> but you, you gotta confront that stuff because it's like yeah. okay are you gonna be real with yourself like who are you to yourself at the end like at the end of your life all you have is gonna be yourself so you really need to like come to terms with okay the shit that i do what do I do to other people? And, you know, people who have the most problems are usually they have some dichotomy in their head where they're like, I'm a good person, so I can't do bad things. But no, you're, you, most people have good tendencies, and then sometimes we do bad things. But owning up to those bad things is what drives your growth forward. Like, you can't just go through life saying, every time I do a bad thing, it's okay because X, Y, and Z. Like, no, like, own up to it, fix yourself, so then you can live with yourself and, you know, not have all this stress in your head. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Own up to it and, and and get to the solution. But then also the people on the other on the outside of that, like you can't just write that person off. So like like the the, the whole idea of like the, the extremity of where cancel culture is begotten, like mm-hmm. it's it we can't that's not a place where we can be because we can't just keep eliminating people. Right. Like everybody thinks that's cute, but I'm like, do you know what cancel culture looks like when it gets into the hands of authoritarian figures? And uh, powerful regimes. Yes. We mm. read the history books. That's what cancel culture looks like. It ain't cute. When they go, oh, this person has a different religion than us? Oh, this person has a different, uh, they live in a different territory than us? We don't like them? They, we got to just get rid of them completely? Yeah, they get rid of them physically. Yeah, like That's views, not cute. Their That's, views don't line up with mine. Let's get rid of them. Yeah. No. So like, that people don't understand. Like, that is not how you get solve shit. You got you to gotta figure this shit out. Listen, there got to be another way. Um, and I, I will give a little secret of how to win an argument and, but Ooh. do not use this. <laughs> do to, not use these for the wrong. Not, yeah. Do not use this like, uh, gratuitously because if you do, it, it leads to toxicity. Great power comes so, <laughs> great responsibility. Yes. <laughs> but if you ever find yourself, like, I don't know how to win an argument, start like that. One, I talk fast. So like I can. I can fuck a motherfucker up. But <laughs> on top of that, I am the kind of person who can easily, quickly, like, go be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I fucked up. I can't believe I said that. I'm so sorry. Something like that. I can own up to my shit faster than a person wants me to, or I can insult myself before they do. And when you do that, you can win an argument because you're taking that ammo from the other person. So if you ever find yourself like, oh, it's so hard for me just to own up to my own mistakes, think of it as... You can, you're, can, you are maintaining the power and you are keeping the power. You're like, I'm going to lose this power because I fucked up. Nope, I'm not going to lose the power because I'm going to admit that I fucked up before they admit that or tell me that I fucked up. So I still was aware of it. Yes. And, I'm, I'm, and I'm learning and I'm growing. So if they just bring it up again, now they're just belittling me and being disrespectful because I already brought it up. Control the narrative. Yeah, you control mm-hmm. the narrative. So like, but if you if you you know if you get to do that gratuitously, then you become a toxic person. It turns into like gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, you so can. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like <he> said, <laughs> yeah. So you gotta you gotta be very mindful of how you use it. You can't go around like I'm a terrible person. I say fucked up shit just to let you guys know that you all suck. Like you can't do that. <laughs> That's not how it works. But if if. You know, if you know that you're working on yourself and trying to better yourself and stuff like that, or you're looking for answers to have those conversations like we do with black and white men and women and stuff like that, be open that you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Be open that this is all new to you. Or be open that you were a hypocritical, judgmental Christian, and now you're trying to yeah. <laughs> really live, really live the, the, the life of Christ. You're like, I, I was living the, the spark notes life of Christ, or I was living the Instagram version of life of Christ. Now I want to get into like the deeper, I want to do the, I want to do the real shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people also have this, something that I think drives hypocrisy sometimes is that 
there's this fear of admitting your mistakes or things that you have said you believed before or you express like this is what I think before but then later on you're you think that you know my thinking wasn't initially correct or like you've learned something where now you think differently but people always have this hesitation to correct themselves or admit that they were wrong and I think that is also what drives like they'll hang on to those beliefs while secretly believing something else but they're like but I already said that I think this x y and z so now I can't really like you know, like, admit that I was wrong, where you can, you can, you can just say, like, okay, I thought that before, I was wrong, I think this now, like, and that's a huge hurdle for, I think, people to get over, which also drives a lot of, like, you know, toxic and horrible behavior, because they can't come to terms with, you know, themselves. Yeah, they can't, they can't admit they're wrongdoing or that they fucked up and they're trying to grow. Or the contradiction that something you thought before is was wrong and and it, and you have to act, maybe act differently now. Right. Because like, I think that's what a lot of people have been learning lately it's like oh that thing that i thought was okay you know five years ago ten years ago totally wasn't and like right. now i'm thinking about it again and it's like ooh. yeah like it's it's okay to be wrong we all fuck up and we all you know have done fucked up shit it's just about like like you said mike what are we going to do next what's the next step you know we've done that shit admit it you know address it with yourself fix it but what are we going to do next with our lives and if you get caught up in like well i don't want to like admit that i was wrong you're never going to move forward you're going to be stuck yes. in this, you know, in this space. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like stuck in like a time loop. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of, <laughs> we all watched the movie Tenet, directed uh, by Christopher <laughs> Nolan. <laughs> hey! Hey! Uh, I didn't even intend to do that segue. I was just, yeah, we just there. It was unintended. Yeah. Maybe Tenet. I'm in charge all along. <laughs> oh! Oh, Spoiler snap. alert. Uh, I don't give a fuck. If you ain't seen it that late uh, yet, that's too bad on you. But anyway, yeah, I saw Tenet because it came on HBO Max. It's been out. Did you see it before it came out? No. No? Oh, no, no. oh that was the first viewing. Yes, that was yeah, my first okay. viewing. I was, I was fresh, raw. Nice. I saw it like this week for the first time. Like, I already watched it three times on now. Oh, yeah. But that, that, see, the, this is the thing, though. It's not because Tenet is like this fire-ass movie. I watch Christopher Nolan movies multiple times, always. Every single one of his movies I've seen multiple times. Batman, I've seen all three of them probably at least four times each. Mm. So, like, I, I just do that because there's a lot of things I'm looking for. One, the first time to watch it is to watch the movie. Second time is to watch it is to watch, like, to figure out the story and figure out things that I might have missed. Third time is like, oh, now it's time to look at the camera work and, like, the special effects and how yes. they did that. And that's cool. I just, I gotta look at it for different reasons um but this particular movie was great because i was like before i think i had a an issue with christopher nolan because i was like i feel like there's no black people in any of his movies and if they are it's like a random mayor or something and that's it so yeah yeah so I think yeah you know thinking back you're you're right this is the first one especially like as the protagonist the, yeah as the protagonist <laughs> he like made it very clear I, I feel like someone called him out he's like okay fine how about i make the protagonist black and they're like Cool, and he's like, "Oh, you actually meant his name is the protagonist." Like, yeah, no, protagonist. The protagonist. And I could not be any clearer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna make it very clear, y'all. And he's like, "And it doesn't matter if we're going forwards, backwards, uh, in time, now, in the past. It's always the black guy." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it. I thought it was really cool because I always watch movies and immediately like create analogies in my head 
or try to allude it to things that has happened in our real life. And so I was like, I watched it and I was like, oh, there's Robert Pattinson and then there's uh, Baby Denzel Washington. And then I was like, John David Washington. <laughs> I know his name. Yes. Like, uh, but Baby Denzel. There's nothing wrong with being Baby Denzel. Yeah. Like, I know, I know. That's, that's no diss. Yeah, he all. wanted to, like, oh, I wanted to do my own thing. I don't want to be associated with my dad. Like, dude, your dad is cool. You're not like George W. Bush and H.W. <laughs> like, you got a cool daddy. Like, yeah. no, like, that's cool. You can be associated with But anyway, John David Washington, Baby, Baby Denzel, uh, him and their, like, uh, camaraderie, because they're, like, both two, like, time dudes yeah. or whatever working this. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is, like, me and Grant. Uh, but then I was <laughs> like, so I, I always have to think about, like, which who's who, though? Because oh, I... Uh, the twist. Yeah, because, like, Robert Pattinson is very much, like, supporting to him. But also, like, he's popping around in different, you know, he's all over the place in the movie. So without giving us too much away. Well, I feel like he kind of, like, I thought this, that he's doing what Denzel is telling him, not Denzel, baby Denzel is telling him to do. Okay. But he was also, like, involved with that mission, like, prior to that, too. Like, he, That's true. Yes, he's supporting, like, baby Denzel in his, like, this is, like, your objective. So he gives him, like, this information and blah, blah, blah. So he's supporting him. Mm-hmm. And he does, like, he is doing what John David tells him to. But there is, isn't, like, he was also involved with the whole, like, setup of this, like, way, way earlier into things that's kind of, like, revealed later on. Yeah. Not like, sure. Spoiler, but, like, yeah. Yeah. So, see, so, like, Comparing that to, to real life, it's like Robert Pattinson is the white guy. It's like, I asked you, what are things that I can do to be a better ally? And you explained them to me, baby Denzel. And then baby Denzel explained him how to be a better ally. So now Robert Pattinson knows what to do in the future. But then he's like, this is very important for people in the past to also be aware of this. So now he takes mm. that back and goes back into the past and also uses what he what he learned to fix and right some wrongs or block some dangers that could come into the uh, to the path of baby Denzel or black people. So I'm like, mm. as a white ally, uh, you we need be, to go back in time. You need to go back and in stop time. racism and slavery. <laughs> pretty much, yes. pretty much. Ain't, we ain't got no time machines or nothing like that. So I think it's like you got to look at systems that are fucked up. Because mm. so systems are our time machines. They're the things yes. that are that are frozen in time. When we look at like some of the laws and shit, we're like, they they made that wrote that shit in eighteen something something, and that's it. And they didn't amend it. They didn't change it. So that means that it literally is a frozen in time mm-hmm. that that applied to that day. Some oh, of these laws shit. still apply. That like this is what this is a George Washington law. Yeah. Where they had they like. No, shit is different. They didn't even have indoor plumbing and shit back then. They had they didn't have fake real teeth and shit. So like <laughs> we can't, you know. Well, we, I mean, they we had real teeth, but they were slave teeth. Slave teeth. Oh, yeah. that's that's one of those stories that made me mad as hell. They yeah, when you told found me out that. it wasn't wooden teeth and he wooden actually teeth. had. Yeah. Let me get a time machine. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna slap <laughs> the shot of every kindergarten teacher lying ass. The wooden teeth. Those were slave teeth lying to me. Exactly. I'm so mad. Yeah. See, that's why this movie would have been a whole different game. Let don't let me get no time machines and shit. I'll be fucking everything up. I'll be going in reverse, <laughs> slapping the shot of everybody. But to your point, I think that's awesome. Like thinking about it that way, like systems and laws that are written in place, like. The, that is the, the best, changing those are the best way that we can change the past. But it requires a future action in order to, in order to change the past. Yeah. So that's what has to happen, right? It's like in order to take your own advice, like 
the next step, the next right step is changing those laws or changing your, you know, future action if you're not a lawmaker and in order to make amends for... That's actually Absolutely. a great way of putting it, yeah. I'm Christopher Nolan, he's going to hear this and be like, he knows, he knows. Hire me. I'm telling you, you need to hire me, Christopher, because <laughs> I, uh, I can hook your movies up. I'll be, I can get analyze and share these movies. Okay, I will say, yes. speaking of hypocrisy, though, I went into this movie thinking I wasn't going to like it, and in the movie watching it, I was like, is this good? I'm not sure I'm liking it. Like, I, like, the whole time I was kind of questioning whether or not it was good because it was so confusing and it was so dense and it was so, like, like yeah, there's some action sequences, but are they really that cool? It's just people going backwards, you know? <laughs> it was like, I, I was very, like, I was very judgmental of the movie. But then when I got to the end and I realized, you know, the whole conceit of the whole thing, I was like, you know what, this is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, like let's check. Like some uh, another person, a lesser person, would have been like, "I hate Christopher Nolan movies." Watch them, he's like, "I'm still gonna say I hate Christopher Nolan movies," but hypocritically inside, they're like, "I like the movie," but mm. I need to like project my my outward image of like I hate Christopher Nolan movies, so I'm gonna stick with that, even though secretly I love them. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. I that's that's, that's uh, what we we're kind of talking about earlier, where people spend so much time with the negativity and trying to keep up with those appearances. When it's like mm. that's more that's more work than just being like, "It was a good movie. I enjoyed it." And so be like, but I thought she didn't like Christopher Nolan movie. She's like, I may have said that, but I like this one. I like this one. Move yeah. on. Yeah. Done. People feel like in order to be like, like consistent, they have to like always stand by things they said in the past. Like, I'm always against Christopher Nolan. I'm always against, you know for this or for that. If, it's like you can change your mind. If everybody always just stood by whatever they believed in the past, my black ass would not be here right now. Exactly. I'd be out in that backyard pulling them weeds, which yeah. I need to do now as a free man, but. That's a whole other story. Kind of good back there. It looks look good. Yeah. Yes. If you hear random like noises that sounds like someone is in a stomp band or something or a noise band in, a, in the kitchen, it is because they're in the kitchen. I think my roommate is in the kitchen cooking something. But it sounds like he's also watching everything. So like we are blessed, and I'm just gonna let it keep happening. It's actually ADR. You know. It's it's ADR. <laughs> we wanted it to feel like we're in a cafe, like we're talking yeah. to friends. like a restaurant, like a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's fine. I was trying to make a whiskey sour. It turned out terrible. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at one point, he, he said he was trying to make it. If you couldn't hear him, he's making a whiskey sour, and it turned out bad. There was one time he bought, like, four different ginger ales, and I yes. thought he just was really into ginger ale. Ginger but, beer. Ginger beer. But he was kind of, he was testing them out for a different cocktail. So it made sense when I got the information. But just over to my refrigerator, I was like, why is there wow. seven different types? I was like, damn, you really going in on the ginger beers. I Fever Tree is the my only. favorite because we're not sponsored. Oh, okay. Fever Tree is the only one. Yeah, I, I ain't paying them. Okay. <laughs> They're my second favorite. No okay. free ads, you guys. We need some sponsorships here. No free ads. Now, if Christopher Nolan really wants to double down on his conceits here with like the black protagonists and like time travel, he should go back and re-edit all of his old movies and put black people in oh the movie roles. <laughs> Wait, the black I, Batman. Yeah, exactly. Why hasn't someone done that yet? That would be hilarious as hell. And they just like go back and edit movies that had no black people in it, no people of color, and just edit like people of color into them. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Just like, like, like Lord of the Rings, and then like Frodo starts talking and it cuts to like Chris Rock or something. He's like, hey, y'all, like, it's just anybody, you know. Just, it, he it, just elbow with long hair from uh, Thor or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marvel's the only one. They, they did it. They did it very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could even go back and then put 
people of the appropriate ethnicity into the roles that they cast white people to represent a person of, oh, let's say this person was Latino, but then they cast, you know, someone who was like Al Pacino. Yeah. They constantly messing up. Speaking of making mistakes with casting and uh, representation. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I know we wanted to talk about the gilding leaves. Yeah, Whoa. so... Yeah. So essentially, what happened right was NBC canceled the Golden Globes, right? Like physically. But this is after a long stream of backlash that has been going on in the industry, and then finally NBC got on the bandwagon too and was like, "Okay, we're yeah. not doing this." We're and I, it's, I just yeah. not, see for me when I see these things, I'm like, it's not about the people of color thing and representation and all that. Women, no. It's, it's money. When people, mm. when that's when people start getting pissed off. And it's like, when the, the whole like Emily in Paris type shit, that's what's pissing people off more than anything is that people have their, you know, this is our movie that we put so much time and money and effort into, but oh, just because this guy is so and so, they pay certain t- types of money or whatever under the table, whatever they may do, Emily in Paris gets notoriety and gets up there. But they're like, not my art film? That's, I think that's what really is really like the, what is it? They broke the the straw broke the camel's back. Mm. It's like that kind of stuff. Like seeing the clear discrepancy. It's like it's 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 going so beyond just uh, racism and sexism. It's like now we're getting into the, the we're we're not even valuing art properly because we all know Emily in Paris was whack. That should not have even been nominated for anything. Not even once. Not twice. I, not. Yeah. No. Go keep going. But I, I mean, maybe I could be wrong. But I'm just I'm just seeing that. It's like it. That got picked over even, you know, even though the good old boys movies, it got picked over even the A24 movie. Well, it was like a, it was a show, right? A show, yeah. And that was what the controversy was about, is that that show got nominated? No, I mean, well, that, to your point, yes, I agree that, like, I would say awards shows in general, it's always very political. There's always political shit where, like, someone is like, I'm getting snubbed, or, like, why did they pick this? Obviously, it's trash. There's always Mm. some bit of that going on, but specifically with the Golden Globes, what incited the backlash was that they found out that there was not a single black person in the the um, Hollywood Foreign Press yeah. Association, which is the committee that decides which films and which movies get picked and nominated That's and right. all that. But there were no black people at all in the entire body of the entire Hollywood Foreign Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So yeah. that was kind of... For like, how long? For, for like years and years. Like for probably the past... I don't know the exact number of years, but for, it was a very long time. And then they just only discovered this and they were like, you need... They were like, you need to make your membership more inclusive. You need to include people of color and they need to have a say and all of that. So I think that was the initial conversation. And I, there was, they had hired like some, you know, task force to help them address their issues with diversity and inclusion, things like that. But they just didn't make enough um, meaningful advancements and meaningful changes. And it all felt kind of performative and kind of just to appease the press. And that's why so many actors, and it's, it's been going on for, I would say now months, but like definitely yeah. like, several weeks but now they're you know high level figure people who are like tom cruise is giving back his golden globes yeah I saw uh, that. yeah and all, all these people are like that see but that's the kind of shit it's like i it's one of those things where like i'm not gonna stop them at all like please keep doing that but my thing is like we know that this has been happening forever even when i was a little kid i never assumed that the goals like the Golden Globes and the Hollywood Foreign Press were full of black people and women and stuff like that. <laughs> I never assumed that back then. So I knew that. So like, come on now, y'all. You'd like, now is the year you chose? Like it's, it's just, I mean, I, it's great. Better late than never. But 
it has to be, we have to dig deeper than just being like Hollywood foreign press, shame on you. Yes. I think, I think mm. there's a little bit of that where like now it's gotten into such a, like a prevalent issue that that it's like some people are, are like, yes, like this is obviously it's a problem, but some people right now are only getting very active about it because it's coming to light and because it's so forward in the media that they're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, do what I can to address this. Whereas like before, like either there, you know, people weren't fully aware or if it wasn't in the press or you were aware, but it wasn't like something that was such a hot topic that you needed to demonstrate like your support in one way or another. And I think that's kind of like what's coming to a head right now. Yeah, totally. And like there was also a bunch of companies like um, I think it was Netflix, um, Amazon mm-hmm, yeah. and the other kind of like newer i guess blood. like streamer yeah, yeah that they were boycotting it yes, yes and so like the la times they uh, you know we have a quote here it's like facing an embarrassing boycott um nbc announced monday that it was pulling the the plug on the show um and then there's a quote from shauna kinman who says nbc should have been leading the charge to demand reform and improvement um but nbc lost the narrative they allowed oh lost the narrative they uh because they, they took allowed, too long to admit they, they were wrong. To, yeah, you yeah. should have controlled it and should have, you know, immediately addressed. Yeah, they allowed these new companies like Netflix and Amazon to come in and take a stand for diversity and change, and it seemed like the old media companies like NBC didn't care about diversity and change, even if that's not true. Um, and obviously, you know, they have millions of dollars of contracts with the HFPA that was, like, kind of in the middle of it, which is where the money aspect comes into play, where it's like, Sometimes it is difficult to change things when you care about money more than what's right. Yes, and I think that's what drives, for I would say, the majority of decisions. Like companies, bottom line is always most important. They want to be seen as inclusive. They want to be have good press in terms of that. But when it comes down to action, what action are you actually doing? And that's like the whole, don't be a hypocrite. You're saying that you believe in these things, so put your money where your mouth is. Yep, 100%. Mm. And and doesn't it show that when you do that, you actually make more money? Yeah. Because more people support you. It's like it, being more inclusive yes. means you want you get more people's money. Yeah. Like and it you, seems obvious. And you have to ignore because there's gonna be people that come out there. And this and this is something I dealt with even like in school and stuff, is that it doesn't feel good though to be the person of color or something right after this situation was brought up because then people question the validity or the merit mm-hmm. of what you received, right. and they're like, oh, are you only here because like they need to be more inclusive. Like, you're like, bitch, I got this job or I got this position or I was put here because I'm good at what I do. Not because they, they needed to fill a quota, but people will, will treat you that way. And so I'm like, that's, that's what makes it so hard when it, when the performance, the, the performance is too high. This performative shit is too intense because then it, then it's going to discredit a lot of actually talented people. Because mm. if if next year, you know, everyone's like, okay, now you like I may destroy you. Everyone's like, oh, they only like it now this much because, like, everyone was saying be nice to the black women. But it's like, no, it was always good. You guys just weren't giving it the voice it yeah. needed to. Mm. Uh, so, like, it, it's, it, it becomes uh, hard to, to be that person that follows it or that receives the... Oh, the after they again. try to make that change and then yeah. get an award, award after that. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a huge point of it too. For for me, the way I've always seen things like that is like, yes, I think it should be purely based on merit, but you do need to look at, through a lens of like inclusivity and looking at all stories and not just stories that you know that you resonate with because you have you know unintentional bias or whatever the fuck it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but 
like you, the merit still needs to be there, but I do get what you're saying. Like if you, if companies and, you know, awards and are starting to be so performative, then it doesn't, it takes away from the fact, like, am I really getting this because like I deserve it? Or is it just because like they're giving it and that perception of the public also like saying that too. Like I remember even like in a college situation where like affirmative action had been canceled, had been like, uh, it was no longer a thing in California, but people still referred to like, oh, they're only here because, you know, they're this or that mm. because they, and I was like, that's so messed up. Like they got into the school and, you know, for, and affirmative action wasn't even around during this, this period, but that mentality, people still will latch onto that because, you know, it's, it's shitty. People love to hate, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's all these white conservatives now that are like, oh, woke Hollywood. Like they're just doing it like to like, like they're even calling it out as performative, but then they're also like hating it. Like, and they think okay. anytime anyone like of color is in a role, it's like just for wokeness. Wow. The la- okay. Yeah. I know. Sorry it, to be it, triggering, it's, but it's that's very, about, it's very redundant to say that like, oh my gosh, this actor is just being so performative. No shit. <laughs> no, they're not. No, like, I mean, no, no, but like, no, like it's like to, to say I Hollywood is being performative. Hollywood, yes, that's the whole point. We can do that, bitch. But like, <laughs> it's don't, a performance. Don't, yes, yeah, we we let us do that. But when the, yeah. when our government is doing the same thing, now that's a problem because you're not you're not you didn't want to be an actor or a cinematographer or anything like that. You should not be like, oh, I'm doing this to put on appearances. No, you need to be just ugly and sweats writing laws. That's, I'm sorry, you don't need to be cute. You need to get this shit done. Let us put put our hair up and be Marilyn Monroe and be beautiful and, and walk down the red carpets. That's what we want to do. And let us do talk. We can have a Black Lives Matter rat, uh, rally with fucking lights and cameras and action and shit. Yo ass need to go in there in the little sweaty ass cubicle and fix these laws. And if if that's unfair, then then maybe that's not for you. Well, you know, <laughs> you shouldn't have been a politician. <laughs> yeah, you should have been a politician. Well, yeah, particularly now there's all the, if we're talking about politicians, there's the conservative politicians that are calling out all the businesses for being woke. But it's like, the businesses to see where the money is, dude. Yeah. Like, yes. And and being the press in terms of being a woke company is, first of all, will drive more business to you. But also just if you actually implemented those inclusive policies, it also studies have shown like, you know, teams w- with more diversity from different people from different backgrounds, they're more productive and they create better products and better services. They come up with better ideas because you're getting multiple angles, multiple perspectives. It's all coming together. Totally. So it's a, a total win-win. So why wouldn't you actually put your money or do what you say that you want to do? put your money where your mouth yes. is. Yes. Like, yeah. You can't lose in that situation. So I don't understand companies who are either refusing to do it or just doing the performative part and not doing the action part because you're going to win. You're going to... It's additive either way. I know there was a point in time where this happened with a lot of different fashion designers and stuff like that where they would get mad when like... Or even like alcohol companies and stuff would get mad when like black people or rappers and stuff would co-opt their product and be all about it like Tommy Hilfiger that type of shit oh, wow. and they'd be like oh I don't want them all in my clothes and stuff because they think, they think it lowers the value Crazy so there was, there was a point at time where that was occurring we talked that, about that in the 90s too yes so that yes with the TV show and stuff like that yeah. so that that's what that's what needs to go away you know, it's not even about like adding so much stuff. It's about taking away some of these these roadblocks or red tape that should never have been there. Like it's 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 a person sitting in a room, like a producer or something in a room, like, all right, who has a story to tell? And if that just say who, and that's it. And they just take stories from everybody who's in the room, women, people of color, people, disabled people, people from other countries, people, everybody, give me stories, let's go. That's how it should be. But what it was, uh, 
traditionally and systematically for a long time was like, who has a story to tell? And then like, everyone raised their hand like, um, no, I'm only going to pick Billy, Bob, and John. <laughs> you tell me what stories you have. Yep. And it's like, and then they were like, damn, I only got three stories? Nobody out here telling us stories? And it's like, <laughs> we're raising our hands. They're like, no, Bob, uh, John, and Billy only got two, three stories. So I guess that's it. All right. No, there's no black people going to be in these movies because these are the ones they wrote and they're all white. So I guess that's what we're making. There's it's, not even people of color in the room to even like be like, hey, I have yeah, an idea. They're like standing outside the conference room like waiting. Like, I have yeah, something to tell. Yeah, they, yeah, they outside the street. Like, can I come in? Like, no, we ain't got a room in here for y'all. This, so now it's just like open the door. And let those people in. They, you don't need to create them. It's like I think there's some people out there like, oh, now that there's diversity initiatives, we need to like create like people of color who want to tell stories and like people of color who want to like be in the industry and women who want to direct. Like let's 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 make them. No, we bitch, they there. there. <laughs> <laughs> no, what the Turn hell? around. They yeah. right behind you. Yes. Like you just you just kept shutting them out. Like it's like we just said earlier. Like Nancy Myers, oh, she been making movies forever. But mm-hmm. just because you didn't want to put them on the, uh, you know, make them like, I mean, I guess they were big. They were big to me. Yeah. But <laughs> they're, they're like, just because you don't want to I mean, put Parent them. Parent Trap is big. Yeah, it's just yeah. big. It should have been Father Academy Award. Yeah. Come on now. Like, these are, these are classics. Yeah. But uh, just, just because you don't want to put them on the, the, in the limelight and in the forefront, that's, that's something that you need to change and, and figure out. And that's, that's just saying like Hollywood and Hollywood Foreign Press and, and, and the entertainment industry. But I also, like I alluded to with politics, this is everyone companies, corporations. Mm-hmm. It's like, get rid of those weird roadblocks or hesitations or hypocrisies that you had before where you were like, nope, that's not good enough. We can't have that because that'll ruin our brand. We can't do this. Give it all of that. You need to you need to take a while because that shit is racism, sexism, homophobia. It's all those things. And just cancel those things. Like if we if we just cancel the actual idea of practicing those stuff and not just people who accidentally practice it, we we be in yeah. a better place. It's but yeah, it's about canceling the bad thinking and not canceling the person who has made the mistake. Like I mean, yeah, some people deserve to be canceled, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's about yeah, focusing yeah. on what they did wrong and let's not do that again. Versus like let's all like it's like a mob mentality. Like let's go like burn him down or like it's a witch hunt. Like oh, let's burn her down because she said the wrong thing. Like no, like let let's address that what she said is wrong and that's problematic. But let's it's not let's not turn it into a witch hunt where it's like let's pick off these people and like anytime anyone says anything that you disagree with let's go like go after them imagine while trump was president they would have said we're not even going to talk about trump but since he's president that reminds me we need to deal with xenophobia and racism right <laughs> like that's what you if they if we just did that we would have been okay i feel like but instead we kept saying he is the reason why all these things are bad and we attacked him so much and you saw what all that did. That yeah. just you cut that fucking Hydra head off, and all these crazy Jim Bob heads, hillbilly <laughs> heads, popped off, and now they all fucking storming the Capitol. You just created a whole new like demographic of people just because you kept trying to put it on Donald Trump instead of just focusing on like the, he he's part of a system. Yeah, he's he's exactly. just practicing a, a systematic way of living that that is, that we all do in some way, shape, or form. So it's like stop stop trying to cancel these little like Hydra heads and. We got a, what is, I don't know how he did it in Hercules in a Disney movie. Yeah. He went into his stomach and then he like cut it open from the inside. Oh, yes. 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 So do that. 
You yeah, gotta... yeah, treat the problem at its core. Don't be chopping <laughs> off these heads that like come up because they're a product of the the problem that's you know creating all these people or hydra heads. Stop chopping off the heads. Like kill the actual problem at its core. Yes, that's... get deep in the gut. Get, get swallowed in. Get taken in because it's gonna be a lot. You can get ate up, ate the fuck up. Let that shit uh, put the acid and stomach acid on you and shit like that. You roll around the stomach, but then cut that motherfucker out up from the inside. And then you're good. And I feel like people are also like will be less offensive because people always get very defensive when when you go after their heroes or the people mm. that they like admire. But if you're like attacking like an issue and not a person, people will generally hopefully be like less defensive about like, oh, you're like trashing my hero, blah blah blah. And then they get really heated. But if you are attacking like an issue, then it's very much more detached from them personally. So then they can actually take a moment and be like, oh, what are you saying? Oh, oh, let me think about that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah, I agree. Like, in theory, I don't like hate. I don't like violence, you know, whatever these things are. And then, like, you can address that without people being like, you're coming for my... Yeah, for my beloved Donald Trump or my God or whatever it is that those people... Like. Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah. Something. Well, see, that, I mean, that, I will say that could... That's where the problems lie, is that... While there, we can attack or go after racism or sexism or, you know, whatever uh, other big social issue there is, there are some that are tied to religion and, and mm. to very deeply rooted culture. So it's like, oh, I'm not going to cancel you as a person, but I'm going to cancel your culture or I'm going to cancel your religion. I want to cancel that. And it's like, that's not going to fly. We mm. <laughs> we can't do that. Yeah. So like, uh, we gotta we have to be able to coexist and live with everyone and and whatever their beliefs are. You remember those bumper stickers? Coexist. Oh yeah. What happened to those people? Yeah, you don't see that anymore. Yeah, they, they, that's they they're just like that's gone. I remember like in the late two thousands, that was like on everyone's uh, windshield, and it, now it's just like. They're like, we're not coexisting anymore. If you're one of the people that had a coexist sticker on your bumper, I need you to pop out like the fucking White Lotus on Avatar and save us. Mm. Like, I need y'all to all, like, pop out and be like, we've been here the whole time. We we accept everyone. Islam, Christianity, Catholicism, I don't know, anything, Buddhism, all of it. I'm like, where y'all at? Come yeah. get us. We need your help. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just the, the these things that are so divisive that divide us like this. We need to we need to get out of this mindset of thinking like we're so different from everyone else. Right. And we get into this mindset where like we are all the same. We're all flawed. We're all trying to figure this shit out. So let's stop trying to like separate ourselves and I'm not this or I'm that or all this sort of stuff and just be like we're all the same. We all think this you know, we don't all think the same, but we all Exist. And, and, and you have empathy for other people, even if they disagree with you, because they're another human being. You realize they might think differently, but I think empathy is a huge key, and I think that's what's kind of been lost in a lot of people's thinking. Where it's like, oh no, I'm of this, I'm this camp. That's mm-hmm. the enemy over there. It's like no, like we're all humans. We're all trying to live our lives. We're all supposed. We're all trying to be happy and coexist. So it shouldn't. It really you need to empathize with the other side, even if what they're saying you completely one hundred percent disagree with. Yeah. But they're still humans. They still like to change how people think. You need to empathize and understand why they think that way. I actually mm. think the hyper targeting of people on the internet has contributed to this. I mean, it's not a, it's not a unique thought. It's hyper, the bubble hyper targeting. Hyper targeting. So like when you put an ad on Facebook, you used to be able to say, "I want to tar- target this specific demographic," down to the point where it's like people who like this one really microscopic like brand or picture or or um group on facebook like it's been so 
like micro micro targeted to the point where like these algorithms now can like feed people who you know maybe 500 people who are completely different but they all like the same soap product oh, on instagram they, yeah they can feed them the same ad but now iphone has like pu- published this thing where um it's a new update where now you know you have to opt in for companies to be able to do this oh right very specific yeah i, I yeah. think i got a, a notification from google or something like that where it's like do you want very specific targeted ads or the unspecific targeted ads. Yeah, and so like the because we've been able to hyper target people and we don't even realize it's been going on and we just keep getting fed stuff that's like gets more and more hyper targeted and hyper targeted and hyper targeted. It's like that's why people are getting more and more radicalized into these like very specific little buckets. See, I hate that. Like, is everyone not that nosy? I'm a nosy motherfucker. So, like, I'm not deleting everybody. If you are a crazy Donald Trump Republican or you at QAnon or you believe in this religion and you don't believe in this religion, I keep all y'all on my Instagram and Facebook because I need to know what's going on. I need to see all sides. So, my ads be like, I don't know what the fuck you are. Like, you have got all kinds of shit. But that way I'm able to, like, get out of my bubble. I don't, I don't, like, I'll talk to my bubble only, but I'm not going to see what what's only going on in my bubble? My bubble is clear, like it yeah. should be trans translucent. Come on now. So like I like you. If not, then you then once you get hit in the head with some other ad or some other thing that's going on that's outside of that your own interest and stuff like that, it throws you the fuck off. You be like, what? What is this? I ain't never seen nothing like this before. And it's always been there. It's just that you were just being fished or fed. Uh, yeah, these blinders yeah. of only stuff that pertains to your lifestyle and your country or your. City religion, or religion, or, whatever. Yeah, I think. I mean, another part that I think has fueled that development too, in terms of like you were saying, like the super niche communities and hyper targeting, is that the internet has also allowed people who you know previous to the internet where you didn't weren't able to talk to anybody around the world like at any time, you would maybe you would have these views that you're like, okay, this is maybe not like socially acceptable, or like you told some of your friends and they're like, oh, that's weird. But what the internet has allowed is that now if you have a specific view, you can find people who think exactly the way you do, whether it's a, you know, whether you're a progressive view or you have a conservative view or you have an ex- like far right extremist view, you can find your community, you can find your tribe on the internet and that kind of gas and not gaslight, but fuels that um, thinking where it's like, oh, other people think like I do. I'm not wrong. Other people think that. And mm. then it kind of feeds into the thing like, well, I think I'm right. And same thing with like QAnon and everything. It's like you find people who think the same crazy things you do and then it purports the, it's a, like a positive feedback loop. Then you're like, yeah. oh, if other people believe it, it must be true. Oh, so many other people like also agree with me here and then they kind of like drive this thinking where it's like, but then you're not exposing yourself to what's really out there. You're just hanging out with your little niche and then you're like, yeah. this is what the truth is, but you're not looking at anywhere else. Either. Whereas the op- opposite should be happening, right? right? The internet should be facilitating broader dialogues with people who think completely differently right. and then having that clash and then you're like oh i'm learning new things from people that i never would have ever talked to before in my life from a country you know the other side of the world you don't even know yeah i mean we do that we look at views from you know like you're saying you keep people on who you're like you know they might be trump supporters or whatever but you keep it on because you want to see the truth of what other people think and then make Mm -hmm. your own decisions but so many people and this goes for the left too and right like some people once they find like this is a group who reaffirms what I believe. They're not going to look anywhere else. They don't. Want, they don't even want to welcome other views. They're like, this is what I think. I need people to, you know, be on my train and, you know, think the same way I do. And that's all they focus their, you know, their attention on. Where it's like you really need to understand both sides and all sides really to have a real opinion about anything. Yeah, both sides 
whether liberal, conservative, religious or not religious, uh, black or white, I don't know. Everybody's like, I just want to be safe for my family, for myself, and I want to live a good life, and I just want to be happy. And I'm like, but you're all fucking hypocrites. We're all fucking hypocrites because you somehow, in the process of all of that, are like not allowing that for someone else. Whether whether you be a Republican and you're like, oh nope, you're gay. Don't nope. I want I want to bring danger upon you. It's like, but I thought you were conservative for the whole reason of being conservative and being religious was because to protect people. But now mm. you're not you're not protecting that person. And now you got on the other side these blue left liberal people that are like, we want to accept everybody. But if you like Donald Trump or if you believe in conspiracy theories or if you live in these well, certain re- red regions, we do not want to fuck with you. And it's like delete, 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 delete. And I'm like. Yeah, I thought you, were, you ex- said you, were, you want inclusivity. Inclusivity. Yeah. But you, just excluded all you know you got to include yeah. the crazy people too. <laughs> it's like, so be careful. That's why you don't see me going around doing too much liberal shit because I'm like, I already know right now I ain't going to fuck with everybody like that. Well, because if you actually, it's the same, it goes the same way with like if you're progressively liberal or if you're Christian, right? Like let's use that as an example. Yeah. If you really believe what you believe, then you have to kind of to a certain extent extend that to people who you disagree with than you don't like or, yeah, you, or, yeah. you, or you've been conditioned not to like and then you still have to love them anyway it's like right. you kind of uh, have to do that it sucks that's, yeah that's part of your if you truly if you, are a true Christian and you are not going to be a hypocrite and you truly believe what you believe then yeah you should be extending that grace and that uh, you know acceptance of other people tolerance of other people who do not dis- who do not think the same way you do yeah no. it's like I mean it's not fun though because it's, it's like when you're a little kid and you have to give it birthday invitations to the whole class. Because, <laughs> like, everyone's in your class. You can't exclude kids because, like, some kids don't ever get invited to parties. You're like, I don't give a fuck about that kid that ever gets invited. He ain't my friend. I don't want him there. He's weird. But then you can't live like that. Everyone's in your class. They're going to see you. They already coexist with you. So invite everybody. You ain't got to be their best friend and kiss them in the mouth. But... You know, let's just extend an invitation. That's so gracious because I wouldn't ex- necessarily extend an invitation to everybody. I would get <laughs> along with everyone in the class and not cause any beef in the class. But I'm not inviting, you know, Timmy to my birthday party well, because do, I think he's a racist. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Call the pe- specific people after class so nobody feels like they like they weren't included. <laughs> yeah, do it privately. Yeah. So no one knows. Like, here, let me hand out invitations. You don't get one, Timmy, because you're a racist. <laughs> Although, to to Mike's earlier point, sometimes I think it is like like being honest with Timmy and being like, you know what, Timmy, you're not invited to my birthday because you're racist. (laughs) Gives Timmy an opportunity to to address his issue. Yeah, I really wanted to go to Linda's birthday. I really want to go to Mike's birthday. I don't want to be racist, so maybe I should think about this. Yeah, you'd be like, I have a birthday every year, so you know you can be invited to the next one if you correct and fix your shit. Timmy, you can come to my birthday next year if you're just not racist. But if you stay racist, your ass ain't ever coming to my shit. And I'll continue to let you know. That's yeah. right. But That's see, right. at the end of the day, Timmy can't come for me because I explained everything that I needed to explain to him. I called myself out already. Yeah. So I won an argument. Sorry, Timmy. You're a racist. I told you you're a racist. And I told you that's why I hate you. So I am accepting you because I accept that you're a racist, but I also accept I ain't gonna fuck with you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... It's like a, <laughs> I'm not excluding you from society and you still get the same rights as everyone else, but I'm not inviting you to my personal like bubble because it's like I don't want that type of energy around me personally. <laughs> uh, but yeah. see, imagine a racist person saying the same thing we just said. It ain't, it ain't cute. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, the, I, that's a different thing because they would not even be like they're they'd be like they're not even allowed in class. Like I'm not even going to talk that those kids should not be in my class. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But, and then there's that weird middle ground racism where it's like. I'm cool with you, but then I'm like, I'm not inviting you, and I don't know why, so I'm gonna just not talk about it. Yeah, like yeah, the like the, the the yeah. I don't want to go to any these people fucking party. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm glad you didn't invite me. If you're racist, I don't want to be. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I'm gonna close it out with this: is that I'm a hypocrite. I just learned how to live with it. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, I, that's not. Well, what but I'm we saying. all are kind of we right. Are, everyone, like, everyone has been hypocritical. I I recognize the hypocrisy in my life, and I think my mission is to break that down personally. It doesn't need to be anyone else's job. I'm gonna break that down personally so that I can make sure that I am living a life that I that I want others to allow me to live, or I want. I'm giving a life. Oh, let me go to start that over. I am working to personally to break that down within me, my hypocrisy, so that I can help others live the life that I want to live, and not and not and not the opposite. I I want to I want to live a happy, fruitful, healthy life. And in order to do that, I guess everybody else got to live one too. Because if they're gonna be fucking with me, I need healthy people around me. So mm. I'm going to be like, oh, Grant, he my friend. I'll do what I need to do to make sure his life is healthy and happy. Linda, she's my friend. I'll do whatever I need to do to make sure she's happy and healthy. So when they come around me, they're happy and healthy. And then I can continue to live my happy and healthy life that I already was working on from jump from the jump. Because if not, if I'm out there trying to make your guys' lives miserable, when I bring you around, now you're bringing misery into my shit. Yeah. And now we got a problem. Don't bring no misery to my shit. So that's why I'm like, I'll be nice to others because I need you to be on good. I need you to be on your best behavior when you're around me. I need you to be happy. I need <laughs> And so like, that's not saying you're not grieving. That's not saying you're dealing with depression. That's not saying you're dealing with, with you know, issues and stuff like that. Everybody has that. But I'm saying like, you don't feel disrespected or you don't feel uh, oppressed around me. Or at least I'm not trying to put that on you so that you can be in good spirits around me. So... If anyone, if I hope that other people can think that way. I'm not. I'm not trying to turn this into like a, a Gary V like chat or something like that. Like, you like you're gonna solve everyone's problems. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. everyone's talk. I become a TED talk and shit. Hey, uh, if the money's there, bitch, come, let me come talk at your school. These little motherfuckers alone, everything for me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I think it's so important to treat others the way you want to be treated. Because then when they come around you, they ain't bringing up bullshit. Yeah. Words to live by. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.